0: Hi, welcome to the Carp Church podcast. We're very glad you're joining us today, and we hope this message inspires you, builds your faith, and encourages you in the things of God. Enjoy the message. Praise God. Good morning, Church. Good to see you all again. Uh, wonderful to uh, to come and spend some time with you this morning. I finally got a jacket on, Um, I very rarely wear a jacket, um, but uh, I feel good in a jacket this morning. My wife picked it out for me, so praise God. Um, Can I just say, um, this is my, uh, or our, 20th anniversary today. We're 20 years married today, and uh, so I I, I told her, maybe the applause is for her, maybe for, for putting up with me for 20 years, but... Uh, I just want to give God the glory. Um, I told her I would take her away somewhere special for it, so we ended up in Cork. Um, that's probably as special as we could make it in the current climates, um, but we're going to travel from here to Killarney for a few days just after this, So, uh, but praise God, we're delighted to be here this morning, delighted to come and, and share with you, and we, we feel probably like you guys through the lockdown that... You know, it's been lovely. Uh, we've been able to kind of look in through people's windows online and stuff and, and see in a little bit of what's happening uh, throughout the country. It's lovely to renew acquaintances again in and, and the flesh, though. There's something special when we meet together in one place. Amen. There's something beautiful when we meet in the name of Jesus. And I want to encourage you this morning. Uh, I just I, I love the, the time of worship, guys. What a wonderful time of worship. Can we give the guys a, just a, a round of applause? You know... The, the glory belongs to the Lord, but I, I love the anointing of, of God upon, upon this group of people as well. So I want to encourage you uh, that I believe the Lord has just put this word of my heart this morning for us. And I want to speak to you this morning about the faithfulness of God. You know, we could speak about this for many reasons. I could say 20 years he has been faithful, 20 plus years he has been faithful. And I can speak from these things. But I want to speak to you that there is something greater than our strengths and something that is stronger than us and something that is greater than our greatest resolves. And his name is Jesus. And I want to speak to you today about the faithfulness of God. But before we do, uh, we're going to pray. Amen. Father, we thank you for this place. This is, Lord, a special place, Lord. Father, where your presence, Lord, is, Lord, it is everything, Lord. It is your presence that makes the feast, Lord. And we delight ourselves in you, Lord. We, Lord, whether we're north or south or east or west, Lord, this day, Lord, God, Lord, when we gather in your name, Lord, there you are in our midst, O oh God, and that to bless, Lord. Father, I pray that, Lord, you would speak, Lord, from your word, O oh God, as has already been ministered and shared this morning, God. Lord, I believe, Lord, you want, Lord, to speak these truths, Lord, again to our hearts, O oh God, to remind us again, O oh God, of your faithfulness, Lord. Lord, Lord, it is so much greater than we could ever imagine. And Father, God, we give you the glory and the honor, and I pray that you would anoint my lips, Lord, that you would fill my mouth, Lord, once again, God. And, Lord, that you would have all of the glory and all of the honor of this day, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Uh, just, to, just to give you a quick, most of you, or some of you might know me, some of you may not. Uh, we've been, as I say, married for 20 years, but I've been ministering in, in, in a church in Derry right up in Northern Ireland for the last 15 years now, into the 16th year. Uh, and the Lord has, has positioned that church through the years right in a, in a very difficult space a very difficult place politically and religiously and whatever else you want to add to it. Um, And it's just, but how the Lord has been faithful is what has prevailed through all of this. If the Lord had not been on our side, let Israel say, if the Lord had not been on our side, you know, those storms would have come and they would have overcome us. But when the Lord is with us and His faithfulness is proven evident again and again, and can I tell you something? He allows storms in our lives. He allows difficulties in our lives at times to prove his faithfulness to us through those troubles, through every circumstance. You know, I've got to say, I hold my hands up. You know, 20 years, we've never, we've never raised our voices to one another in 20 years. Uh, um, but can I tell you this also? You know, there's been difficult times and hard times and times of doubt and times of trouble and yet the faithfulness of God. I want to take you to Psalm 107 this morning. I love this. And I want to read the chapters a little bit long, but I want to read the chapter to give you context on this. And I want to read to you from the, from the, uh, the, the NLT this morning because I, just, I like the wording of it. And we could just speak on the first line of it. it. says, Give thanks to the Lord for He is good. His love, His faithful love endures forever. Has the Lord redeemed you? Then speak out. Tell others that He has redeemed you from your enemies. He has gathered the exiles from many lands, from east, from west, from north, and from south. Some wandered in the wilderness, lost and homeless, hungry and thirsty. They almost died. Lord, help, they cried in their trouble, and he rescued them from their distress. He led them straight to safety, to a city where they could live. Love this. Let them praise the Lord for his great love and for the wonderful things he has done for them. For he satisfies the thirsty and fills the hungry with good things. Amen. Some sat in darkness and deepest gloom, imprisoned in iron chains of misery. They rebelled against the words of God, scorning the counsel of the Most High. That is why He broke them with hard labor. They fell, and no one was there to help them. Lord, help! They cried in their trouble, and He saved them from their distress. He led them from darkness and deepest gloom. He snapped their chains. Let them praise the Lord for His great love and for the wonderful things He has done for them. For He broke down the prison gates of bronze. Some were fools. They rebelled and suffered for their sins. They couldn't stand the thought of food and were knocking on death's door. Lord, help, they cried in their trouble. And he saved them from their distress. He sent out his word and he healed them. Praise God. Snatching them from the door of death, let them praise the Lord for his great love and for the wonderful things he has done. Let them offer sacrifices of thanksgiving and sing joyfully about his glorious acts. Some went off to sea in ships, plying the trade routes of this world, they too observed the Lord's power and action, his impressive works on the, on, the, on the deepest seas. He spoke, and the winds rose, stirring up the waves. Their ships were tossed to the heavens and plunged to the depths. The sailors cringed in terror. They reeled and staggered like drunkards and were at their wit's end. Lord, help, they cried in their trouble. And he saved them from their distress. He calmed the storm to a whisper and stilled the waves. What a blessing was that stillness as he brought them safely to harbor. Let them praise the Lord for his great love and for the wonderful things that he has done for them. Let them exalt him publicly before the congregation and before the leaders of the nations. He changes rivers into deserts and springs of water into a dry and thirsty land. He turns fruitful land into salty wastelands because of the wickedness of those who live there. But he also turns deserts into pools of water. The dry land into springs of water. He brings the hungry to settle there and to build their cities. They sow their fields. They plant their vineyards and harvest their crops. How he blesses them. They raise large families there and their herds of livestock increase. When they decrease in number and become impoverished through oppression, trouble and sorrow. The Lord pours contempt on the princes. Causing them to wander in trackless wastelands. But he rescues the poor from trouble. And increases their families like flocks of sheep. The godly will see these things and be glad. What's the wicked are struck silent. Those who are wise will take all of this to heart. They will see in our history the faithful love of the Lord. Amen. The faithfulness of God. The faithfulness of God. If we could fathom the faithfulness of God. And, and perhaps what drew me to this. We had a, a baptisms last Sunday at church. We, we picked the best Sunday I've ever been on a beach absolutely phenomenal. The weather was just, it was like Barbados. The the sea was so blue and the sky was so blue and and people were, there's just people everywhere and it was wonderful. And we were able to take four people through the waters of baptism last Sunday. What a rejoicing. And when you looked at their lives, I could see in their lives, I could see these people. I could see uh, those that were were barren, those that were were, were wasteful in their lives. I could see two, a 55-year-old man and a 58-year-old man and coming with these things. But finding the grace and the mercy of God. Finding the forgiveness of God in this stage of their lives. Thank Thanking God that he had laid hold of their lives. And beginning to see a work happening in their families and in their homes. And this chapter begins with this wonderful call to praise. This call to, to, to give thanks to the Lord for he is good. You know, he's not good because of us. He's not good because of how we consider him. It is in his nature because he is good. It is who he is. It is it is the very essence of his heart. It is who he is. His love endures. The faithfulness, the, the steadfast, the has said steadfast love of the Lord ever present. And we see this spoken of in different places to different people. And we we read this. We see we see this in those around us. We see this in others, but we see this also in us. And in these four groups, of these four kinds of people, if you want to put it like this, you see distinctions within them and and how the Lord speaks to them and ministers to them and and how he's faithful to each of them. And I'm not here to bring distinction and difference because there's enough division in the world right now, but I want to tell you this. There's a thread that runs through this. The first is the weary wanderer. You find him in verse 4. He says, Some wandered in the wilderness lost and homeless. Hungry and thirsty, they nearly died. This world, this life, almost took everything. Almost to the point of death, they find no place of rest. They find no home. They find no place to, to to call a home. No belonging to to the things of this world. They, they they had nothing that they could call a security in this life, and they cried to God in their trouble. Running, you can feel this—the the essence of this—running from relationship to relationship, and running from situation to situation, but never finding a home. Never finding a place of rest. Never understanding until they turned to the Lord in their distress. Lord, help, they cried. And he rescued them from their distress. He led them to safety. And I love this. It says he led them to a city where they could live. This is who he is. He gives us a place of belonging in the house of the Lord. He gives us a place of belonging in his presence. Who he is. Is what qualifies us to come into the presence of God. What he has done is what allows us to draw close to Almighty God. Praise God, there can be doors open to you and to, for, for, by politicians or by the leaders of this land or city or community and all of those things. But when God opens a door, it's a door that no man can shut. And God has made a way and His faithfulness to the, the cries of those who are weary and wandering. Those who are hungry and thirsty. No place to call him. Just and day to and day. That was his life never fitting in. And it says it almost took it all. It almost robbed him of his life. Almost to the point of it says they nearly died. When you pursue the things of this world, it, it leaves an emptiness because you think that there is no place that I truly belong, or I truly fit into the things of this world. Can I tell you something? As 18 years old, I found myself in this place trying everything that this word had to offer, but finding myself, and you've got to understand, I had a wonderful home, I had a wonderful family, but still lacking the belonging that I could only find in the relationship with Jesus Christ. Psalm 63, the psalmist says, O oh God, you are my God. Earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My whole body longs for you in this parched and weary land where there is no water. Can I tell you when you find Jesus, there is nothing that satisfies your soul like him. We're going to stay in a, in a beautiful hotel later today because it's our 20th and just travel doesn't do. And we're going to stay in a nice place because it's nice to celebrate in this way. But can I tell you something? It's still not home. It's still not home. It's nice in a moment. And it's nice for a treat, but it's not home. And home truly is where the heart is. And home is that place where family grows and flourishes. But our home in the Lord is that place where we're in fellowship and communion with him, where we find rest. That place where we come in and we we take off our shoes, and it doesn't matter what we look like, we're in his presence. And he hears the cry of the broken and the hurting The second person is the bound and the broken. You find them in verse 10. It says they sat in darkness and deepest gloom. And there is like every other city perhaps in Ireland or perhaps even further afield, bound and addiction. You know, I've heard it said in different places from different people that that, that, the drugs are just an unreal epidemic in our city right now. It is is something that has taken an entire generation and, and brought a bondage to them. They sit in deepest gloom. That they're looking for hope, they're looking for answers, they're looking for peace and they're looking for meaning. Imprisoned in iron chains of misery. Do you understand, even by the implication of iron chains, it's not, they're not paper chains or wooden chains that they could possibly free themselves from. They have no power to free themselves. No power to set themselves free. It says they rebelled against the words of God, scorning the counsel of the Most High. This is why he broke them with hard labor. And they fell, and there was no one to help them. Lord, help, they cried. Praise God. I love this gospel because one cry, he hears that cry, and he saved them from their distress. He led them from that place. He snapped their chains. There's a declaration of his power in this. He didn't come and wrestle with their chains. He snapped them. As we would snap our fingers, he, he just did it. It was broken. It was not. It was no trail of it. There was no, let's, let's have a meeting. It's just done. Snap their chains. Let them praise the Lord for his great love and for the wonderful things he has done. He, then he broke down the prison gates of bronze and he cut apart their bars of iron. This is who he is. You might think that you're in a position or you're in a place. You might hear this if you're in the sound of my voice and you think to my, yourself, I'm in a situation that I'm unable to get out of. When you cry out to the Lord in truth, I love what was, was read this morning by Ben, I think it was in Psalm 145. And it says that I think four times in that chapter, that, that those who call upon him in truth, that when we're real with God and we cry out to him, he hears the cry of our heart and he saves them. This is who he is. This one perhaps more than any other stands out as a picture of the society of today. A, society, a picture of our land, perhaps even, rejecting, as it were, even the overtures of God. Say, God, we don't want your influence in our lives now. We don't want your influence in our governments or in our lawmaking. We don't want your influence in our schools or our universities. We don't want your influence in our communities anymore. We want perhaps some of the gleanings of it, but we don't want your voice to be heard. We find that all through our communities now. And yet, in breaking down these things, we see what is left. This is what he said. In verse 12, it says, this is why he broke them with hard labor. He said, this will, this will be hard for you. will This will be work. It will be toil for you. And it says, at the end, there was no one there to help. The end of this is that there is still hopelessness and despair for those who find themselves in these things. There is no, there is no pot of gold, as it were, at the end of this life. Jesus is the only hope for this nation. Amen. Can you hear the cry of a generation that is found itself in a society hell-bent on removing every facet of God from its structures. Psalm 102, he says this, he looked down from the heights of his sanctuary, the Lord gazed from heaven to earth to hear a prisoner's groaning, to release those condemned to death, that they may proclaim the name of the Lord in Zion and praise him in Jerusalem. Matthew 4 says the people living in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the shadow of death, a light has dawned. Can I tell you something? I love baptism Sunday. I wish we could have baptism Sunday every week. I loved being on the beach last week and seeing the testimonies, and I loved hearing the testimonies and the witness to family members talking to me about these people's lives and saying, "I've seen a change." This person lived and they were bound and and they they were beaten, they were defeated, and they've lived and they've tried everything in addiction and they've tried everything in relationships. But I see a change. And it is only God, it is Him that has done these things. So, in this second group, you find those who not just sit in darkness, they're imprisoned, they're bound, helpless, seemingly beyond the cries of men. But God hears their cry. Then you see the rebellious and the ruined and sin and affliction. Some were fools. They rebelled and suffered for their sins. They, they couldn't stand the thought of food and they were knocking on death's door. You know, the implication is not just that their appetite for food was gone. The implication is that their appetite for life was no longer there. They had no desire to live now. They couldn't stand the thought of, why would I bother? Why would I? And you can hear this now in the, in the groanings of people struggling with life, struggling with what is the purpose and meaning of life. There he holds the highest suicide rate in all of Europe at one point there for young people between a certain age. There's a stretch of the river that is patrolled 24 hours a day. A team of people, of over 40 people, who, who, who routinely rotate and are patrolled with, her, with, with uh, people walking both sides of it. There have been over 600 attempts in that space of, of, of 18 months in this one stretch of a mile and a quarter. This is the world that we live in. And sometimes when we stay almost in church mode, and you know what I mean by this, that if we cut ourselves off from the world and what is happening in the world out there, we, we sometimes can, can not see what, what is happening and the cry that is out there. But there is a distress that is happening on our streets and a brokenness and a crying And this is why it's so important that we understand the faithfulness of God. Because in all of these things, he says that you would declare, that you would speak of what he has done in your life. This generation of those who had lost the zeal and passion for life and for the things of this life. Here again, we see the, the faithfulness of God. And then you see the terrified travelers in verse 23. Some went off to sea in ships playing the trade of the world. They too observed the Lord's power and action, his impressive works in the deepest seas. He, he spoke and he stirred up the waves. And the winds rose. You can imagine the depths, the terrifying depths of it, and the sailors cringed in terror. It says they reeled and staggered like drunkards at, at their wit's end. Lord, help, they cried. Can I tell you something else? pondering these things. And we sometimes think to ourselves that no one ever says it to us, but sometimes we think it to ourselves that when we become Christians that these things don't affect us anymore or we don't face certain things in our lives. But can I tell you something? We need to be reminded constantly of the faithfulness of God. You see, as I looked at it, I began to see at the cross, these four groups of people at the cross, the weary wanderer, Those who would find a home, those who would find a belonging in following Jesus, found a place to call home, one that they adored, crucified before them. Their home, their confidence, their place of belonging and identity crushed, or so it would seem. You see, the bound and the broken, we sing that line, "That the darkness rejoiced as though heaven had lost. Those chains that once held those disciples captives almost seemed to a ring in their ears again. This is their life that you're going back to. You're going to go back to this world. You see the rebellious and the ruined. You hear the, the cries of friends and family, of a mother, of, we could have done more. We could have stood up. We should have spoken. We should have defended him. Why did he have to go? Fear and shame gripping their hearts. You find the terrified travelers, where do we go from here? Lost and alone, where do we go from here? Separated and no future in sight. Perhaps they recall the, the storms that they find themselves in with Jesus in a physical sense. But in these moments, what do they recall? You see, as we look to others, we see in these things, we see ourselves. And can I tell you something? There is no distinction because we all walk through parts of these at different points in our lives. All four of these groupings, all four of these things. And I want to give you these questions quickly. Are you weary? Are you longing for rest? You see, sometimes we allow the things of this world to, to just fill our days and fill our lives and that relationship. See, what, what, what makes a home It's more than bricks and mortar what makes a home is the the fellowship and the community of family coming together where we live together and we do life together and we walk together and we grow together and we see our worst days but we we find that place of of refuge we find that place of fellowship one with another you longing for rest you longing for that rest some wandered in the wilderness lost and homeless hungry and thirsty they nearly died Can I tell you I've been doing some work on my dad's house recently. My dad lives in a really old house it was it was built in 1769. Like proper like proper old older than most houses that you'll ever see. And it's generations have lived in this house. We grew up in it it was a, a, just a big old house. I, I actually realized one day it's actually older than the American Constitution 1787. So our house is older, and I've been finding things in this house that are older than America as we know it today. Finding old books, finding old pieces of paper, finding old documents. And in this house, my grandest, great-great-great-great-grandfather was a minister He started a church. Faithful man of God. And I began to find an old chest of his old sermons. And he would speak often of the faithfulness of God. See, as a As a young man, his his young wife was killed, or, or died, tragically, as a young woman, as people came to rob the house. And yet, in the midst of this, he finds himself all the way through, and many of you may have heard of the potato famine of 1845, he finds himself in that place, being a man of, I suppose, means in that way he owned that bit of land, and he built this big meal bin that was on my family's farm up until about 40 years ago. And he fed 200 families in the community, including the people who came and were the cause of his first wife's death. He fed them. He fed them every week for two years. Fed them through that. Now what? Forgiveness. The faithfulness of God, church. Again and again. Again. And I've, only as I've been doing these things, and I find myself, my dad is at a point now, he's, he's retired for, from running the farm, and he finds himself now sitting in and finding jobs that need done in the house. And perhaps he's not as able-bodied as he once was, so he's like, can you come and give me a hand to do these things? So I've been going into old rooms, old bedrooms and things like that, and perhaps rooms that they haven't been using too much. And I find this one particular room. And it was, you went in, you opened the door, and you seen the wallpaper that was on it, perhaps 30 years old, I don't know. And you look in, and you go, this room is not too bad. But then you could, you could smell a bit of damp on the room. And you, have you ever been in an old house? You know what I'm talking about. And as I looked at that room, and, and there's a difference between someone who knows what they're looking at and someone who just walks in and casually glances at a room. And I could see the bumps in the walls, and I could see the, could see the plaster starting to give way in the ceiling and all of those things. And I went in and I started to pull the old paper back. Because I'd seen this strange lump on the wall. I couldn't figure out what it was. And I took the back of my hammer and I began to chip at it. And what had happened was there had been a, a hole or a crack that had formed in the plaster probably a hundred plus years ago. And this is how they fixed it. They took a lump of paper and they wet it and they stuffed it into the hole. And they made up a mortar of some sort and covered it over and then papered everything. And the Lord spoke to me in a moment. And He said this He said, I'm not interested in papered walls. I'm not interested in just covering over the cracks. I'm not interested in just hiding stuff away that when the people on your life look in and they say, things look good in there. And the only way to fix this thing is to rip all the paper down. And this is what we did we stripped those walls. Pull the ceilings down. Put up new ceilings. Put a new plasterboard. Insulated the whole thing. Got it all re-plastered and rewired, And it looks like a new room. Can I tell you something? That it's not even a fraction of what God will do in our life. He is not interested in just playing at religion, church. He wants us to walk out His faithfulness in every circumstance. And if you're weary and you're tired of playing at religion, if you're tired of, of going through the motions and coming to church, but not knowing that joy, not finding that rest, not knowing the peace that only he brings, not finding that home, then cry out to him today. Amen. This is what this man did in distress. He cried out to him, and the Lord heard him. You see, I realized that, that I wasn't speaking about anyone else. I realized it was speaking about me. And he was speaking to me. We go through the motions, and I don't know about you, but the last two years, some of it has seemed almost like day has drifted into day and week into week, month into month. We don't know what month it is. And Lord was saying, You began to just paper over the walls again, just being religious, just look okay on the outside, but inwardly, there's cracks that are there that need work. But this is who He is. And He took me to my favorite text, Isaiah 55 Come, all who are thirsty. Come to the waters. Come buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money and without cost. Why spend your time? Why spend your money and labor on that which does not satisfy? Come to me with your ears open. Listen and you will find life. And this is what he said. I will make an everlasting covenant with you. I will give you all of the unfailing love. I promised to David the faithfulness of God and David's life. And he said, I will do this with you. Do you find yourself bound and broken? I loved what was shared this morning. I loved the man, the worship. I, I was just ready to just say, "Hey, man, let's let's do this again and go home." Let's have an altar call. There was a cry for freedom this morning, church. Not did you hear that, there was a cry. Do you find yourself bound and broken, and despair within? I find myself coming into the place of God and telling Him about all the things that I was going to do. And and Pastor Stephen shared it this morning. You've come and you've told me all of these things again and again of what you're going to do. But I want to speak to you. I want to lead you. I want to minister to you. Galatians 5 says, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty by which Christ has made you free. Do not be entangled again with a yoke of bondage. Because the words of God brings life and brings freedom to the soul. Amen. Amen. It is not a yoke of bondage. The enemy comes to what? To to steal, to kill, and to destroy. comes to rob the joy of Christ in your life. Can I tell you something? For freedom he has set us free. Those who are free are free indeed in Jesus' name. Amen Amen is right. Some sat in darkness and deepest gloom, in despair, imprisoned in iron chains of misery. They rebelled against the words of God scorning the counsel of the most high this is why he broke them with hard labor they fell and there was no one to help them this place never brings life do you understand toiling to please the father will never bring will bring his favor to you resting in the promise of god to you walking in the freedom that is yours in christ declaring the faithfulness of god to you through every circumstance it's who he is Third is this, and we're almost home. As your choice Has left, you rebelling from the plan of God. I want to speak this very clearly. Sometimes we don't speak about sin in church too much. We've got to speak about about sin. Spurgeon put it like this. He says, the idea that God will pardon a rebel who has not given up his rebellion is contrary both to the scriptures and to common sense. How horrible to contemplate a church full of persons who have been pardoned but who still love sin and hate the ways of righteousness. And how much more horrible do you think of heaven as filled with sinners who had not repented repented nor changed their way of living. Sometimes our choices, sometimes the things we desire we can pursue, and it can bring this place of bondage in our lives. And they became known as the rebellious and ruined. Some were fools. A fool is someone who knows the right thing to do, but still does the wrong thing. Lord, help They cried in their trouble. And he saved them from their distress. There is no sin, there is no bondage that he is not able to recover you from today. There's no chain he is not able to break in your life. If there be besetting sin in your heart, he sees and he knows already, church. Don't try to paper walls with him. He already sees through the cracks. But he wants to recover. He's always looking. Do you understand? See, when the enemy comes to point out our sin, he comes to mock and to make public humiliation of who we are. The enemy, I remember an old preacher put it like this, he will say, you'll get away with it, you'll get away with it, you'll get away with it. And the moment that you fall into, not just into temptation, but you fall into the trap of sin, the same voice will come and say, you'll never get away with it, you'll never get away with it, you'll never get away with it. And the enemy always looks to bring condemnation to the life. But The word tells us that there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ. Because you see, when God speaks about my sin, and he challenges me on my life, he shows me Christ. And he points me to my hope. He points me to the one who has ransomed my soul. He always points to the way of escape. He always points to the freedom that is ours in Christ. He always points to the one who has made a way where we could never make a way. Because that's who he is. Some were fools and they rebelled and suffered for their sins. They couldn't stand the thought of food and they were knocking on death's door. Can I tell you something? Don't leave this place the same as you today. It says, Lord, help, they cried in their trouble, and He saved them. He sent out His word and He healed them, snatching them from the door of death. What a testimony of the faithfulness of God! Let them praise the Lord for His great love and for the wonderful things He has done. The last one is this Have you sought for answers in the things of this world? Only you to find yourself consumed by the storm. See, sometimes the implication is this, as they sailed, it's, it's not the same as us jumping on a cruise and going for a, you know, for a, for a, a little run out on a boat. But when they got on to a ship in those days, it, there was a peril that was attached to it, a danger that was attached to it. And they did it for fame and fortune. They did it to trade with the nations of this world. And sometimes we can try to find our answers in the things of this world. Sometimes we can trade the, the place that God has for us with the things of this world. We try to find that hope and that answer in those things. Sometimes we just find ourselves in the storm. I remember, as I say, at 18 years old, and there was one particular place, and I had everything. I hope you don't mind me sharing this, but I remember at that point in my life, And three friends of mine had committed suicide around that time. I remember it broke something in me. And I had such a good foundation in the things of God. And I I understood so much of those things. And yet the enemy came to try and rob my life at 18 years old. I had the place looked out. I had everything planned. And that place was a particular place in Donegal. It was a, a place that you wouldn't be found. You know, those kind of things. So much so... That for years afterwards, even after the Lord laid hold of my life, because in that place, I, I went to that place. And the Lord just said, I love you, and I broke. But I do remember this that for years afterwards, I couldn't travel that road. Because every time I would think of that road, it would bring me back to that place. It was like the enemy saying, I still have a hold, I still have a bondage on your life. Until one day, the Lord broke that in my life. Can I tell you something? I make a point. It's usually on a Monday, but I make a point of driving that road. And I drive down that road, and that place is no longer my place of bondage. It's no longer the place of my greatest defeat or weakness. But it's the place where God did a work in my life. It is the place of his faithfulness revealed to me. It is the testimony of God to me. Can you understand, church, that at the cross, the enemy thought that he had triumphed? Thought this is it. Darkness rejoicing. Rejoicing. This is the defeat, to, to eclipse all defeats. This is it. And yet in this moment was the greatest victory this world has ever known. In your circumstances, in your storms, in your troubles, whether you're the weary wanderer, whether you're in the storm of this life, no matter where you are, you will walk through all of these things if you're not already walking through them. But in these moments, in these places, and these in their pivotal moments in your life, God wants to reveal his faithfulness to you. And he said, when I do this work and you give thanks to me for what I have done and tell others about my faithfulness. This is who he is. Church, we are not our own. We are bought with blood. If you know and love him this day, you are bought with blood. You are a child of the risen king this day. Glory to God. Glory to God. It's because of who he is. If he is your redeemer and savior, And I want you to hear this verse 1 and 2. We're going to to have some worship in a moment. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good and his love endures forever. And straight away He's and he says, has the Lord redeemed you? Make this a a decision moment in your life. Uh, That question that is, is, is thrown, has the Lord redeemed you? Then speak out. Tell others he has redeemed you from your enemies. See, our enemies are not going to be in distant shores, church. They're not going to be in distant lands. Your enemies are going to be in the situations and the circumstances that you find yourself every day. They're going to be in the battles in your mind. They're going to be in the struggles that you find in your relationships. It will not be in some distant shore that you fight this out. This will be the place that God will, will prove his faithfulness again and again to you. And I he encompasses it all in one verse at the end. And he challenges, he says, those who are wise will take all this to heart. Are you wise? Proverbs 9.10 says, Fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Those who are wise will take all of this to heart. And this is what I love. It says, They will see in our history the faithfulness of the Lord. If we're here for, I don't know however however long we're here, the generation that will come behind, the ones that will follow after in our footsteps, and they will look, and they will look at our lives, and they will see the faithfulness of God to us in this hour do not be put off by what you see in the media if that's your source of information you need to switch that thing off and get into the presence of God there's a truth to be found in his His presence those who are wise will take this to heart they will see in our history in other words when they speak of this generation they will see in our history and this is what I found in those rooms when I was going through them the faithfulness of God an old preacher just the faithfulness of God 200 plus years ago the fearfulness of God. faithfulness of God. I'm a trouble, the faithfulness of God. I'm a weary wanderings. He's my rest. He's my home. He's my refuge. And my storms, He is, he is the one who counts the storms in my life. The faithfulness of God again and again, church. Will that be your declaration today? Maybe you don't know Him. Maybe these are words that you've never heard spoken. Maybe you've heard things like this and, you know, this is what I love about this message. You don't need to go away and take five years in college to catch up here. Amen. Amen. This word is yours today. Amen. Amen. We had a a girl come in just a few weeks ago, heard this message, heard these, 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 these truths. and Cried out to the Lord in that moment. Family come in just a few weeks ago. Husband, a kickboxer, owns a kickboxing skill. Violent man all of his life. God touched his life and broke it. All of it. His wife baptized last week. This is who he is. It's the faithfulness of God. Those who are wise will take this to heart. Now, what are we going to be in in this age? There's plenty of fools in this world. Those who are wise, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of Wisdom Church. They will see in our history the faithful love of the Lord. And if you don't know this Jesus today, if you want to know this Jesus today, then he is here. He hears your cry. You don't need to get up in a pulpit. You don't need to be sitting in a certain place. He hears the cry of your heart to stay. Those who call upon him in truth, when you're honest and sincere before him, sometimes we think that that's, that's how we are with one another, so that must be how God is with us. If I'm good enough, maybe he'll hear me. If I do a few corrective things, maybe he'll hear me. Can I tell you something? Cry out to him where you are today. He's able to forgive. He's able to heal. He's able to restore. He's able to bring a place of refuge and belonging and hope in your life. He's able to bring a peace that passes understanding. That Even when storms come and troubles come, his faithfulness will prevail above all. It's who he is, church. It's who he is. It's the faithfulness of God. Can we stand? We're going to pray together. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to you, Lord. Glory to you, Lord. Jesus. Father, that's who you are. Lord, we worship you this day. We praise you in this place, Lord. Thank you, Lord. That, Lord, you bring us into a relationship. Father, you just don't it's not a transaction to you, Lord. It's not just signing something off and leaving us to it, Lord. But Lord, you bring us into a relationship. You want to walk with us, Lord. You want our lives, Lord, to be a testimony of your faithfulness, Lord. Lord, as we live lives of surrender to you, Lord. In our moments of greatest weakness and greatest doubt to God, your faithfulness revealed to God. Lord, in those moments, Lord, where it seemed as if, Lord, the enemy, Lord, had something on us, O God. Lord, in those places, Lord, the faithfulness of God as, Lord God, you rescue and you ransom, O oh God. It's who you are, Lord. It's who you are, Lord. We give you the glory of this day, Lord. Father God, I pray, Lord, for every weary wanderer today, Lord. Father, that they would find a hope, Lord, and a home and a refuge in you, O oh God. Father, I pray for those that are bound and broken this day, O oh God. In darkness and in gloom, O oh God. Father, I pray, O oh God, that you would break chains, O oh God, this day, Lord. Father, for those that are bound, oh God, in addiction, Lord. Lord, for those that are bound, Lord, by besetting sin, Lord, you would break chains, oh God. That's who you are, oh God. There's no one to help us but you, oh God. And there was no one that says, Lord, help, they cried. Father, for the rebellious and the ruined, oh God, those that have heard your voice, oh God, and, Lord, run another way, oh God. Those that have resisted, oh God, Lord, even the promptings of your spirit, oh God. But find themselves, oh God, in this place broken Thy Lord. Father, that you would hear that cry, Lord. Lord, that you would rescue and you would ransom and recover again, oh God. That's who you are, Lord. That's who you are, Lord. Father, God, we bless you this day. Father, we want to worship you, Lord. It is truly for freedom you have set us free, oh God. Father, I'm no longer, Lord, a slave, Lord, to those things. I'm free this day, free in Jesus' name. We are free in Jesus' name this day. Because of who you are, oh God. We give you the glory and the honor, Lord. No more papered walls, oh God. No more thinly veiled religious activities, oh God. But God, Lord, the deep things of God being been revealed in our lives. Oh God, as we would cry out to you in our brokenness, Lord. Reveal your heart, to oh God. Show your faithfulness again, oh God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for tuning in with us today. I hope you are blessed. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Cork Church. Also, make sure to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. If you have any questions, you can email us info at corkchurch.com or just check out our website www.corkchurch.com. Again, thanks for tuning in. I'll see you next time. God bless.